0: Attentive hearts, attentive minds, for those of us who are called to worship you and called to serve you, Father, uh, I thank you that you have a special blessing for us when we are attentive to your word. I thank you, Lord, that that word begins to penetrate. It, It is something that will change us. It is something that will heal us, will bless us, will ignite every cell in our bodies, Father, because of your power upon your word. So we thank you to give us that transforming understanding today as we meditate in your word and get understanding in Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I did want to um, just commend you and exhort you in uh, your efforts as far as prayer is concerned. Um, I've been noticing so many things that we uh, have prayed for over the years Uh, things are coming to pass. And, and I, amen. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful that you all have continued with the things of God because you understand the importance of it. And, and you don't, you don't continue if you don't think it's important. So I thank God that you've got the revelation that what you do makes a difference. And, and it's essential to the uh, smooth running in God's kingdom. And I think that's something that we need to understand as well. There is no unnecessary uh, people in God's kingdom. We all have a part in the ministry of God. Amen. And, and I thank you all that you realize you all have a part in this ministry. Amen. It's already been assigned to you before the foundation of the earth. And it can be altered or changed. And so I'm just so thankful that you continue with it. I look every day I look and see all of the uh, missing children that are being somehow miraculously found. And I know it's the hand of God to reveal where these children are and to give the law enforcement people the determination to end this monster of trial, child trafficking. One of the things that helped was the building of the wall. Because if you've got a place for people to freely come in and out of the country, you get them hemmed in. And I think the other thing that's helped, whether we believe it or not, is this restriction because of this COVID thing. Because it's kind of compartmentalized people. They can't move around as freely, so they have to stay put. And so there's so many things that are working together uh, to bring in answers to prayer. And I know that when these, see, when you address the, the prince in charge of these operations, When you can make them bow because of your prayers and your words, then there's a free flow of goodness in in people coming home, children coming back to their parents. All of those things begin to happen because you keep those principalities bound. You understand what I'm saying? You make them release what they're holding on to. And that only comes through consistency. You know, that's one thing I know because there are a lot of people get up and pray, a lot of prayer groups we going to pray this we going to pray that it's never organized it's never targeted at the right enemies and then people lose heart because they don't see any any uh you know fruit from it you know it's like they gotta see something or they can't continue so i thank god that we've been able to continue sometimes without seeing much you know uh and sometimes I'm looking at a prayer saying my goodness when is this gonna you understand what i'm saying i've done it i know you guys do too because you pray the same prayers that i do but i thank god that we're seeing results and, and it's the amos nine thirteen. things happening so fast our heads swim. We look up and, and we see one group of children and it's something like, you know, a hundred children in one swap. Where what is what is going? You just wonder what in the world has been going on here under our noses. But thank God he brings everything out into the light, he brings it out into the open, he brings it into a place where we can see that god is moving he's hearing he's appreciating what we do and he's given us our reward so i just wanted to say that to you to let you know that god sees it i appreciate it and and i thank you that you don't quit and you continue to do what god has called you to do so praise god amen amen and in case you don't know if you're in here god called you here amen it's not like you know you you just dropping in and dropping out and you say, I don't know why I'm with them people. You know why you here. You're here to work. This has always been a worker's ministry. Amen? Yeah, amen. So you here to work. So anyway, praise God. So we're going to talk today about the anointing that destroys the yoke, okay? And that's Y-O-K-E for some of my Facebook friends Amen. Not yolks like eggs, but I told y'all about that, brother. I saw there. I said, oh my goodness. Let me unfriend him. So anyway, but um, we need to understand something about the word yoke. I thought I would <clears throat> talk a little bit more about that. The, um, the yoke really was a An apparatus that, uh, it was usually made out of wood and it was a collar, but it had two grooves in it where two animals would, you would fit it around the necks of the animals so that they could not be separated. The reason they kept them yoked together and pulled together, of course, was for the greater reward in the work that they were doing. So if you were a farmer and you had to plow a field, you could you could use one animal and and do a certain amount of work but then they found if they would yoke two together they would dig furrows faster the uh, the farmer could put sprinkle the seed in and it was more work faster and and more power in what they were doing so when the bible talks about being yoked up with something the the yoke then uh, because the animals couldn't get free until somebody set them free, yoke, Y-O-K-E, in the Bible often refers to an oppressive rule over a person. Amen. So then there are people, it, it, they talked about Israel uh, in Jeremiah 28.2. God says, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon off the people of Israel. Now, God always meant for his people to be a free people. He always meant for them, for himself to be the ruler over them, but they never wanted that. They always wanted a king like everybody else had. And so when they started clamoring for a king, God had not much choice but to let them have it, even though he warned them the pitfalls of having a man in rulership over him instead of him. God rules through his holy prophets and priests. He always has. He always will. And so He, his, his ordained way was for his people to be governed that way through the prophet and the priest. And they would, in turn, talk to God and find out what God had for the people. He didn't need a king in there. When the king got involved, then he needed stuff. God said he will take your sons and your daughters and put them into servitude. He's going to take your money. He's going to take this. He's going to take that. And certainly it was that that way. And so whenever the king was involved, there was usually some kind of yoke of oppressive rule over the, over the people. When they would go, when they would disobey God and go into captivity to another country, that yoke was exceptionally heavy on them. Amen. And so... Yoke was always thought of in a negative way when they would talk about it to people. Uh, many times, animals—if if they weren't watered properly or they weren't uh, uh, fed properly—Scripture uh, says, "Don't muzzle the ox that treads the corn." If somebody is working, you feed them. In other words, and so uh, when when uh, oppressive masters would put a muzzle on the ox that was was walking around the grinder, you know, grinding the corn and so forth so he couldn't get a loose kernel that popped out. They felt if they let him stop long enough to eat something, they wouldn't make as much money and he wouldn't do as much work. And so God forbade that. He told them, you feed your animals as they're working. Don't, don't be afraid that you won't get as much work out of them. So when you saw an ox that was just treading corn and you saw him muzzled, you had an inclination that his, his master was an oppressive person. Amen. So, so you should be fed as you work. Amen. Uh, God always makes that provision for his people. So the word yoke always had a negative connotation but in an isaiah chapter 10 it talks then it brings yoke back into play again and it shows you a different way of looking at it and it says here in isaiah 10 27 it says thank you lord and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from off your neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So this is one of the messianic scriptures that kind of made the children of Israel, kind of gave them something to look forward to. They said, it's going to come a time when we won't have this kind of oppression, you know, from our masters. We won't have people lording it all over us and trying to make us bow down and make us commit to things and take stuff away from us and be harsh toward us, that there will come a time where we will have an easier life because of this thing called the anointing. And so when they they looked at that word anointing, it also uh, always reflected onto the Messiah. So this was a scripture where they knew somebody was going to come to take oppression away. So that's why there were so many different people that had so many different ideas about what Jesus would be like when he came. Many of the Jews thought he was coming to deliver them from Caesar because, oh, yeah, when Messiah comes, we won't be in bondage to anybody, anybody. He's going to break all the yokes. We're not going to be yoked up anymore. We'll be free. We'll be joyful. We'll, it'll be a pleasant time. And so when Jesus came and he talked again about his yoke and in matthew 11 see it's in verse 29 i don't know why i got these post-it notes in here they're in the wrong place number one but it looks organized don't it post-it notes get my notes get my notes amen So Jesus begins to speak to them in verse 25. It says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it, it seemed good in your sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knows the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the father save the son and to whomsoever the son will reveal him come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your souls did he say body just make sure we all on the same page with the same bible you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light so when jesus begins to explain to them that he wants them to be connected to him and he uses the same word that was always a negative word See? When you yoke up with God, it looks like it's hard, but it's not. When you yoke up with God, you think you're not going to be able to do everything you want to do, have everything you want to have as fast as you want to have it, go everywhere you want to go, be everywhere you want to be, because a yoke already has restriction to it. I mean, that's part of the definition so what what god restricts us to is life with him and so he wants us to learn what that's about and what he's saying is it's not what it looks like it's not the way it appears it's not the harsh yoke that you've known in the secular world or in the in your worldly life but this is a different yoke and so as Believers, we have to commit ourselves to learning about it because it looks too hard, it looks like it's too restrictive, it looks like we won't like it, and it looks like it's not getting us where we want to go. But all of that is not true because he says, I'm teaching you about my yoke. And see, it's the teaching that most people kick against and rebel against because they don't give God enough time to show them what he's doing. Even in this restrictive and confined lifestyle that we have with him, there are some things that we are not allowed to get indulged in. Amen. Anything that's going to draw us off from holiness, he does not sanction. Anything that's not going to bear fruit in our lives that he wants us, we have foreordained fruit that he expects us to bring to him and say, this is what, you just like the, the people with the talents, they were given what to do. And they were told that they had a certain amount of time to get it done. And he came back to them in that time and said, give me a report on what you did with what I gave you amen somebody now see people don't like that because that don't sound like god to them you understand what i'm saying god wouldn't make you do that he, no he's not making you do anything he said you are yoked with him so when you're yoked with him he does the heavy lifting he does all the work he he does everything that would be difficult for you but see you won't get to experience that cuz that's what it is an experience if you don't step into that arena of getting yoked up with him you'll never know the ease with which you can do all of these things many people marvel at people sometimes when they get up and speak and and many of them are are anointed people and and they speak you know I'll hear sometimes uh ministers get up and speak in in uh, secular arenas and people will say wow he's a powerhouse he's well they're not used to the anointing see it's easy for him because he's used to leaning on christ for his words so they don't become they're not his words alone anymore they're god's words that he's given out even though it's in a secular venue a secular arena and so when god And that's part of him teaching us how easy it is, if we'll let him teach us and learn of him, how easy it is to get much accomplished in a very restricted realm because we're leaning on him and we know how to lean, amen, and and how to trust and how to lean into his power to do this and not do it on our own. The reason we experience difficulty is we look at it from a natural perspective, a natural point of view, that this is too challenging. This is too hard. This is too difficult. Uh, this won't work. You know, this stresses me out. It makes me tired. You understand what I'm saying? Well, you need to learn how to yoke up with him. And once you learn how to yoke up with him, you'll find this is true. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. He's not making it hard for anybody. He wouldn't save you to make your life hard. Amen? Because he knew most people wouldn't get saved. And they wouldn't stay with him either. If, he, if he's, he's going to stress me, I don't, know, I don't know. I got enough stress already. But see, people who think that way are, are religious And they're accustomed to doing everything in the flesh. Because they want credit. And they want to be seen. And they want to be known. And they want all the... So they go at it the same way they do everything else they've ever done. They just go at it in the flesh. And then when they bump into Jesus and they hit that brick wall and fall flat, then they wonder what happened. I thought God was with me. Amen. Well, it's not about him being with you. It's about you being with him. See what I'm saying? You just don't get it twisted now huh ain't nobody with you really you know you yourself and you amen come on now you and your facebook five five what do they got now five poses or five what i button my nips Lock my nips and throw away the key. Uh, I wanna I wish they had a, a a check mark or something you could put on each one. I say Uggy, 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 Uggy. All um uggy. So there. <laughs> no offense, meant. jesus says this learn about me i'm not bossing you around i'm not lording all of you he said i'm meek and i'm lowly of heart and and that's what we really got to keep in mind because when we get involved in serving god the enemy loves to tap you on your shoulder and tell you how it's too hard Is making too much. It's it's just too hard for you. You you know, you 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 know, you can't be doing all this. And look at so and so. She'll never do nothing. It's the truth, isn't it? You'll be you'll be doing something and content with it. The minute he sees you getting ready, oh, and don't enjoy what you're doing. Oh my goodness, seriously, you enjoy this? Uh huh the minute you decide you're going to enjoy it there he is even tougher trying to get you to disconnect amen look at so and so they ain't doing what you do Uh huh ain't nobody in here sweating but you you know Uh huh it's true you don't see the sweat people do in private Uh huh Cause we all just trying to do our part you know what i'm saying your part might be more <laughs> you know more sweat worthy than the next person amen it's true some of the people that look like they they have the easiest jobs actually are producing at a very high level you know, And I'm speaking as somebody who has to pay the bills for the ministry, has to look at what we need for the ministry, all the areas that God has called us to, to have a presence in. Some of the jobs that, that don't look like they're doing a whole lot, I know we would have our conferences, the uh, video and audio pulled in more money than anything did. You understand what I'm saying? And so sometimes people look at that and say, well, it ain't in the kitchen sweating. It ain't in that. But what they're doing is producing. See, every job's important. You can't say because you think you sweat more, you're you're more important than the person who doesn't sweat as much or whatever. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Because it's never kingdom things are never what they appear to be in the natural. It's never what it looks like, amen you know i've fought I've fought and lost <laughs> lost friends well, I don't know how friendly they were, but you know I mean, you kind of have to keep a distance and fellowship with people you know they come up to you because you're a minister, you ain't supposed to be serving food. I can't tell you the people come in that kitchen when we're doing the Sunday they just got to come in there and say something it, it bugs them see and they're not just being friendly or and i love them and they love me and i know that but there's something that sits on their shoulder that bugs them about me being a minister and cooking and serving the people that are supposed to, i guess y'all are supposed to bow down and worship me i don't know what they think your role is but people are a little kooky and a little crazy huh and they just got to get back in there that's why i started barricading the door closing the door locking the door huh that's the first thing i do you have some girls when they come in there don't unleash I, I come in there and i say y'all close these doors somebody looking up in here ain't nothing to see you understand what i'm saying because i know the drill already you know somebody will come back there want to talk I remember somebody was back there talking to me and I was wanting, to, yeah, I wanted to get rid of, away from, I said, why am I not, not peaceful about this person being, because they weren't, they don't use it, but they was just a talking, I said, and I wound up burning some food because they came, and see, you know what I'm saying, you can't tell people, don't come in here because I might burn some food, I don't know what, but I know when people cross that threshold and they ain't supposed to be, it ain't nothing but the devil all right i hadn't seen you i just want a hug really i didn't shower this morning i stink i'm gonna take my shower after i cook before the night meeting you want to hug all that but see people just look in a carnal way they look at what it looks like in the natural I'm out of place as far as what's in their thinking as far as what ministers are supposed to do and look like. You understand what I'm saying? And they can't stand their little world being shook up by somebody doing something different than they think is supposed to be done. Tradition, religion, nonsense. I tell people they don't even get it. They don't know enough Bible. I don't guess to get it. I tell them I cook so it won't be no death in the pot. Are you eating here? I'm the reason you get up off the table well. (laughs) Crazy rookies. So I just stay in my kitchen with my biscuits and my flour. You understand what I'm saying? Cranking it out. (laughs) Amen. And I don't resent doing it. It's a joy to me. That's one of the joys that I have that I don't have to fight people for (laughs) or devils, unless they come to that door. (laughs) Amen. It's funny. Shannon was coming in doing her, uh, what were you doing, your milk voodoo or something, your coffee voodoo? And I see her stick her head in and see if the coast was clearing it. (laughs) Ease in there and it ease out. I just came to get to her, so I was like, get in and get out. No, nah, but we, we, yeah, right, you don't roll that way. But she knows, you know, you don't want to, you want everything to work according to plan. And when things come in that are different, you got to take authority and make sure you get it back where it's supposed to be so it goes well. Amen. It goes well. And, you know, my patients don't factor in nervous people that think they know what my place is and what I'm supposed to do. I, I know what I'm called to do. Amen. Been doing it for too long to start taking advice from people. Amen. So so you have to do what you have to do. And see, it's something that, and see, this yoking with Jesus is something that you have to protect. You have to make sure people don't separate you from him. Because that's really what the enemy wants to do is get you unyoked so you're out here wandering by yourself amen no strength no direction stumbling around don't know which way to go how to find the next place to be and so that's why he tells us we have to learn what it means to be yoked with him and he says immediately my yoke is easy in other words i'm not like the traditional things you've been yoked up with see you get yoked up with worldly people, and you won't have a hard time. You got me? I don't care how nice they seem at first. You'll have a very hard time trying to yoke with them. You'll be the one to do all the compromise. You'll be the one to do the heavy lifting. Amen? You'll be the one that, that has to always try and check to make sure they're not offended or they're not all that kind of stuff. It's too much work. And so when you yoke yourself with the Lord, he makes sure amen he guarantees that your life is easy you won't have an easy life outside of yoking yourself with christ and not disconnecting amen you going to stay yoked to him no matter what happens because it'll get where it's go- it looks like it's going to be hard <laughs> you'll find out you get in there and you plow right through it you can pull right through that thing because of who's yoked with you amen and his burden is light. Amen. It's a light burden and an easy yoke. And and why is that possible? Amen. Well, it's because of the anointing. When Jesus, when you yoke with him, when you get born again, and you step into life in Christ, you begin to uh, have your life graced with a power and an ability that you've never had before. So that the things that you you may face that used to be tough for you somehow are now very easy. So that they're, they're now they're very easy. In fact, so easy you're afraid to to almost enjoy. you all know what I'm talking about. The ease with which you. You know, I was talking to somebody and they were telling me. They said, you know, um uh. What did they tell me they were talking about? I think they were talking about being separated from from their husband or something like that. And they said, you know, God, I told God, you know, that that I'm praying for us to get back together again. They said, but since since we've been separated, I have much greater peace than I had when we were together. Now you got to understand this by the Spirit, because if Jesus says, yoke up with him, now see, that wouldn't be true if they weren't yoked up with God. First of all, that's the first thing you got to understand, that if they were still struggling and trying to get this thing to happen the same old way through their own strength, their own power, their own whatever, they could not make that testimony. And they said, I feel almost guilty. That I have so much peace. I feel almost guilty that I'm enjoying life even being separated. Because when you're on the, the, on the carnal side of something, it looks terrible. It looks woeful. And it is bad. It's not an easy thing to live with it. But once you get with God on it and he yokes up with you, this scripture is always true. I don't care what situation you're in. If you're in a situation that, that feels like it's the end of the world or it should be the end of the world because of what, what you fear and what you think is going to happen to you if a loved one does reject you or push you away or whatever, if you will get with God, you'll he'll show you that it's an easy burden and a light yoke and you have my peace which maybe you weren't able to find before. You understand what I'm saying? Now, when I say you weren't able to find it, that's different than saying it wasn't available to you. See, it's always been available to you. But see, now that you don't have somebody to keep trying to please and run after and and jump through hoops, and you can really relax and let God have the whole thing, which you could do when you're with them, because I lived through that. So I know you can have a reconciled marriage even while they're still living under the same roof. And you're a believer and they're not. But see, I had to learn how to yoke myself with God and trust him for everything. Amen. So that he could show me his peace. He could show me his strength. And and it was touch and go. You understand what I'm saying? There were many times... Where I, you know, if I was just, you know, I'd be waiting for him to come in looking funny. I want to say, you don't want to be here. Go. Huh? Think you hurting me? Huh? I get rid of 20 pounds. Well, 30. Well, 40. Get back into my svelte self. Huh? And hit the road myself. And I'm a sanctified woman. And I'm feeling like that. Uh So it took me some learning to learn of him and get the easy burden and the light yoke in a marriage that was on its way to being dissolved. That I was able to see God reconcile. And I began to feel that burden lift. And I began to feel that lightheartedness again. And I began to feel that strength of God that I wasn't some fragile little thing. And if one more thing happened, I'd collapse and fall apart. I'd done that already. And so God helped me to recover. And he showed me. You get in here with me and do what I tell you to do from now on. Amen. And it will be easy for you. And so I know the strength of God. I know the power of God. I know the anointing of God to give you peace and reconciliation, amen, so that you can patiently wait on him to cause things to be mended again, to cause him to, to help you. You understand what I'm saying? And so I believe that when you're yoked with the Lord, when you're living your life in him and for him, You're doing what he wants you to do. You're learning how to stay yoked with him. Because there are times when you want to disconnect. There are times when there are forces that look very tempting and tantalizing to us. And we'll think to ourselves, you know, I could really do without all of this church stuff. I could really do without all this. Gotta do this, gotta forgive, gotta repent, gotta give, gotta do all these things. I could really do without this. But when you think about it, if you will stay connected and not let the enemy talk you out of being disconnected, sometimes it's harder to do nothing than it is to think of one more thing you can do to make it happen for you. You understand what I'm saying? And so sometimes you'll think to yourself, well, God, I feel like I ought to be doing something. He said, nope, learn of me. I'm teaching you How to trust me to pull you through this, amen? Learn of me. So it's a good thing to understand and to know that Jesus takes care of all these things for us. He really, really does. And he wants us to be happy. He wants us to be content. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to do all of those things. But it is a learning process. Amen. It's a lifelong learning process. You never graduate from learning about God. And I thank him for that. I thank him for that. Because I have something new to look forward to all the time. Amen. The Bible says his mercies are fresh and new every morning. The things that he has for us, we're not. It's not a stale life where we got to live down the mistakes that we made or live down the trouble that, that was upon us that we can look to a fresh page and empty a blank sheet every morning that we fill in with the details that God has written for our lives. Amen. And so I think it's a wonderful thing and a marvelous thing to be yoked up with the Lord because we his his mercies are fresh and new. When you're yoked up with him, it's new every morning. There's no more old stuff. Amen. No more old stuff. So when when God when we yoke up with Jesus, we fellowship in his anointing. Amen. Uh don't ever think of it as that you're anointed, period, and God's not involved. You're yoked up with the anointing. Amen. You are yoked up. And I thank God for that. Because it takes the pressure off of me to try and maintain something. It takes the pressure off of me to try and create something or be responsible for something. Every day when I get up, I get up knowing that I connect. I must connect with him in order for my day to go as planned. In order for strength to be there in order for the fruit of the spirit to be there everything i must connect and yoke up with him and go where he's going i don't get to call the shots i got to go along with him and if he says we ain't doing nothing today we gonna sit we gonna read our word then that's what we do amen if i get up and immediately start doing things that, that are work then then he's with me in it and that's what we do And so the more you can trust him, I think when he says, learn of me, he wants us to learn that he can be trusted. That whatever the world is doing out there, that they're pressuring one another to do, that's not your portion. Amen. Your portion is what he has for you, what he has in yoking you up with him. That's your portion. And so when we can be satisfied and peaceful with that, I think we'll be more inclined to just really trust, God, you know, open the door for me. We can request all we want to request. I think we should request it. Let God know you're available to do the things that he would have you to do. But understand that he runs the show. Amen. He's in charge of all of this stuff, and he wants us to wait on him and learn about him. The most important, I think the most joy God gets sometimes is teaching us. It must be because Jesus did most of ninety percent of his his um, ministry was teaching. They said he taught, he preached and he healed. amen. so it was mostly working the word and sharing the word, explaining the Word, giving us revelation, helping us to understand who him and who he is and and my thought is that that's when, when the teacher lives in us, that's when he does his most ministry to us, is when he can sit down with us and share the word. It's called fellowshipping in him and with him. And when he can fellowship with us and show us the great and mighty things that we don't have any awareness of. It's exciting to me to learn. It always has been. And, and I think that's part of what God put in me to make it easier for me to connect to him because he's such a great teacher he is the greatest teacher amen and so i thank god for that 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 we have that affinity there you know that i get excited when he reveals something to me amen and sometimes i have to kind of dig for it and if i have to dig for it it's it's more rewarding you know i think to to just oh gosh you finally told me that god i said you mean to tell me that's been there all the time and you never showed it to me? You know that kind of thing. And so it's just a wonderful thing, you know. He and see who would have thought that that you would get excited about something like reading the Bible or or letting that be your joy that God would reveal something to you. But but it's a different life. See, it's not what it looks like. It looks like it's going to be dull. It looks like it's going to be this, that, and the other. But we find that it is a very exciting life when we begin to understand God and let him learn of him, let him teach you something for a change instead of you having to know everything. Isn't it a relief not to have to know everything and have all the answers and do everything? It's wonderful to say right, let me go to god let me ask god about it let me let me see what he has to say you know let me see amen and so when we can do that when we can allow god to show us the things that he wants to show us it, it's a marvelous relief then the yoke is easy and the bird that's when you feel the most relief you under you know that the answer is coming you don't have to dig for it you don't have to beg him for it you don't have to script skip three meals in a circle you know and to get nothing and all that <laughs> you know how that is we always think we gonna do this and we go that and you know i was always a good one for thinking you can speed things along by skipping a meal <laughs> and it works sometimes and sometimes it backfired miserably and so i i said to myself well god i'm gonna have to leave you in control now because this ain't gonna work like this it's like he told me one time he said listen if i don't want you to eat i know what to do and i said what 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 what, what? Yeah. and then he revealed to me he said i've been doing it all along you ain't been fasting he said i put you on one and i control it amen for my glory. He said, I ordain it when it's time, and when it's not time, I let you go and feed your little fat self, <laughs> I guess. You know, I feel a plump self, pleasingly plump or not so pleasing, whatever. You know, I let you just feed yourself, you know. And, and so it, I found that to be true, though. You know, there are times when I'll just go to God and I'll, I'll say, God, you know, uh, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to do it. And sometimes it'll just be like, you know, I don't even think about eating for hours. And, and then sometimes it's like, I want my hourly feed. And I said, how can these two people be the same person? You know what I'm saying? And, but, but it's, it's just God, you know? You're yoked up with Him. You're tied to Him. It's an unbreakable yoke. Amen? It really is. And you don't want it broken. See, you know what? If people would look at it the right way, People who fear sin, like don't know if they're going to be able to say no to this and no to that, and stay with God and stay holy. It'll take the burden off of you of fearing sin, because you're yoked up and you can't get away. See, you're not as free to do evil as you think you are. You're not. This is a trick of the devil, because he says take my yoke upon you that means get born again i don't know what else that could mean you don't get born again and take it on and take it off that's why it's called a yoke i remember there was a, a when we were younger in the lord we were in a church and it was a good church. The pastor was anointed. He was a pastor. He was called as a pastor. There's a difference. You'll, you'll see when you get under somebody really called as a pastor. And, and, uh, and people, that place grew, and there were many people coming in. And, and, and so they told us the, to do a women's conference. His wife, the pastor's wife, chose a group of women, and, and she would have some give their testimonies. And there was a young woman that uh, was talking about uh, she used to give her testimony and she's very quick with it she was an evangelist you know in her call but she wasn't really uh, mature enough to really do the work of an evangelist so to speak and so she gave her testimony and she said well i'm glad you women came in i'm just going to share a little something with you a man by the time she got finished everybody was like huh and she talked about how god will keep you once you're saved, and he will prove to you that you're a different person. And when she got saved, she was living with a boyfriend that she had had for many, many years. In fact, she worked in the business with him, which you saw once. So they were connected. You know what I'm saying? It, it, when you're not connected to a man, he don't have you show up in his business every day. You understand what I'm saying? And so um, she was there all the time. And she said, yeah, she said, um, I made up my mind one time that sex really is, when you saved, is for married people. She said, because I tried it after I got saved. She said, and that proved to me that I was saved for real. She said, and I made up my mind. I said, no, God, I'm not trying this no more. This is for marriage, period. You got me? And see, that's because whether you agree to be yoked or not, you're yoked. With Christ. And see, I know it because the first thing that happens when we get in trouble, we call on him. You don't call on somebody who are you, who's not committed to you. See, that yoke commits him. See, we need to stop looking at it as some kind of restriction on us. Because it commits him more than it commits us. Because he's the lead dog. You got me? So he's more committed to us than we are to him any day of the week. Amen. But he will prove himself to be the person that's doing the heavy lifting in your life. The light burden, the easy yoke. You know, God knows I like nice things, but I don't like paying for nothing. You ever been like that? Not that I'm a thief or anything, but very, very close. Huh? I mean, very close. When my, my late husband was alive, one of the things that I wanted for our 21st, 5th wedding anniversary, and you figure after double digit time, in the in the big house you entitled to something so i was walking around with my entitlements and i i put put it out there i fleeced out there for at least 15 years about it listen if you want something for number 25 you start at year 10 and i had my faith working with god i said god i don't know how he's going to get it but i want it and i don't care what he has to do Huh? cash in something take the car and sell it and get on the bus i don't know what you're going to do but it's walking in here on on number 25 god that's enough years to prove to this man you understand what i'm saying so we were in the jewelry store i mentioned it to him so he said yeah baby we go we go that's you know 10 years of we go we go okay <laughs> so then finally we go showed up and he was sweating we standing over you know we standing over like 10 carat rings i'm looking at this seriously 25 come on now I got ten carrots on the first ring that come on now. We gotta add something to that. Add to your faith. So anyway, he's nervous, fiddling around. I don't know, you see anything, you see any and so he went and left me for a minute and I didn't realize but they were having a drawing for a free one carat diamond he fiddled around nervously filled out an application for it and he gets a call from these people mr williams you're one of the three finalists in what i don't know what it was we need to have some information on give you social and he rattled it off so fast i didn't even know he all the numbers you see you know the jewelry store called me and said they that that uh, i'm a, one of the last three people so i don't know how they did they put it in a big drawing and then took and then went to another drawing or something and so Then they called him a week later. Mr. Williams, you won that diamond. You know what I said? Oh God, why do you make it so easy for him? <laughs> I want a blood diamond. Something is- no. And he just a it. And i'm going wait stop the music wait a minute you mean you get this brother off the hook like that lord come on now <laughs> but he got off the hook amen and you know you know god is having a good time over all of this stuff because god's not gonna let anybody sweat if he's gonna help you out amen He's going to make it easy on everybody in the situation. Now I'm thinking to myself, God, I pray for you. I preach for you. I do all this stuff for you. And he'll do nothing but just sit up here and look at me funny and make me. Amen. But God will do those things. Because he loves us. And if if I'm yoked with God, and I am, then I go along with what he has ordained for my life. You cannot get around going along with the ordained things. There are certain things you must do if you belong to Jesus. You can't get out of doing them. You have to do them. Amen? Because God's not playing with us in this life. He He wants us to make it through. The works that he has for us were ordained from the foundation of the earth. They can't be moved and shaken. One of the problems that we have with with God's people is that God will people will get to a certain point and they take off doing what they think God is telling them to do instead of the ordained thing and the yoke thing and so we have to be careful to stay yoked with God and go along with Him and what He has for us to do so in in first Samuel ten, if you'll turn there talking about the anointing. God makes it so easy. The longer you walk with God, the easier it will get. I'm not going to say it should get, but it will get easier as you walk with him. You begin to learn what he expects. And you begin to, your, your ideas, his ideas become your ideas. His thoughts become your thoughts when you're yoked up with him. He says there's rest for your soul. So instead of worry, you get reassured about the things. That, instead of thinking lack and that you there's so much to do and you can't accomplish it, you get a sense of this is going to be easy if I let God lead me. You get this thing about you can trust him no matter what, but you got to stay put where he puts you. So in 1 Samuel 10, this is the, the um, anointing of Saul, for the the ministry and it says samuel is giving him instructions uh prophetically for what is going to happen to him so in verse one he has been anointed with oil and in verse six it says you're going to go you're going to go down the hill you're going to run into a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery tabret pipe heart before them And they shall prophesy and the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you shall prophesy with them and shall be turned into another man. So this is what happens when the anointing comes upon you, even a one time encounter with God, with his spirit for that period of time, turns you into another person. You're not the same person because of the anointing. And he says, and let it be, in verse 7, and let it be when these signs come to you that you do as as occasion to serve thee, for God is with you. So what that means is that because the anointing has come upon you, that's your yoking up with God. See, he is with you. So if he's with you, that means more properly you are with him amen it's not the reverse so god is is with you in the sense that you his spirit has come upon you and he has yoked you to himself because of the company you keep You're yoked with whatever company you keep. You understand me? You'll see young people get involved with what we call the wrong crowd when really it's them. they just as wrong as the, you understand, this, this is not like some innocent little thing come in. It's just the wrong people. No, you're attracted to them and and something is drawing you to that and then they become your company and so when you when you are in a company there's a spirit that keeps their com- that company together and there's a purpose that that company is there for now when you company with god's people you are yoked together with them by his spirit when you come in here to pray you couldn't stay in here a hot 10 minutes praying if God didn't show up and anoint you to pray see you're you're changed into another person just just from the prayer and I, I don't want to make it like it's a it's a minor thing but think about it now for instance if you're at home and your prayer partner calls you sometimes you might chat with them depending upon your routine and and sometimes the chat gets a little longer than it needs to be and longer than it needs to be but if you just yield yourself then all of a sudden you open up and start to talk to god and then you don't want to put it off anymore you ever done that you know i find myself doing that sometimes I'll say to myself, I said, "Well, God, when when I call so and so this time, we'll just pray." And seldom do you just pray. You you share some things, and I'm not talking about gossiping and talking off the wall and and all that kind of nonsense stuff. But I'm talking about there's an arena of if I if I let go of my natural self, I'm going to change and I'm not going to want to go back and be natural anymore. I'm going to get lost and stay in this flow of the spirit. And your natural man don't want to disconnect quite yet. So you keep chatting a little talk or talking a little talk and yada, 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 yada. Now, for some people, it's it's good because they need the fellowship as much as they need to get down the business with God. But there's something about your. And I won't say totally natural. You're you're in the spirit, but in your own spirit, man, there's something about him that knows that if he steps over into that anointing, he's changed into another person that don't want to talk to natural no more. So, you know, once you step over in there, that natural conversation is over, but you're enjoying your natural conversation. So you prove to yourself every single time that you are changed into another person every time you come under that anointing. It's true. Because you can tell there's a difference between you and a difference between that person that gets in there and prays and when you're in the you you don't want to let go of you you want to hold on to that because you know that person will die so to speak get cut off and then that other person takes over that takes over when you pray i mean if you give yourself over to prayer the way you're able to now some people walk in and out walk around could talk all day long go get a conversation go get some coffee and i'm not talking about that i'm talking about when you give yourself over the spirit of prayer you are changed into another person and you're aware of it because your soul wants to stay engaged you ever have a prayer partner that you know you just pray because you don't have much in common with and you find yourself where well, you can pray a little bit faster, but once you grow to know one another a little bit, you get all kind of interesting things and you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh girl, we better pray because we, we've been talking for 30 minutes already. We ain't even done our prayer yet. See, you don't want to be changed into that person that's given over to intercession so much if you're enjoying your fellowship that you're having right here. So you prove to yourself that you're a different person when that anointing for prayer comes upon you. You are a totally different person. And it's a good thing because that person is yoked up with God now, 100% yoked up with God by the Spirit of God. And that person is able now to, to do the, be led by the Spirit of God in such a way that you don't gravitate back now once you get over under that anointing of prayer then wild horses can't pull you out of there you keep going until you get all your prayers done you get you don't stop and say well this is taking too long girl i gotta hang up you don't do that you respect that anointing you respect the spirit of prayer because you are changed into another you're changed into the person that appreciates god more you're changing to the person that serves God. You're changing into the person that loves God more than anything. And you know that it's important that you get this work done for him. And you wouldn't trade that in for anything. See what I'm saying? So we've all had that experience working, doing the things of the spirit. You're changing into another person. You're not the same person. Huh? you prove it to yourself you pay attention to what your mind sounds like what your what your thoughts are like the things that you're interested in when it comes time to pray and so you know you and then there are times when the anointing if you yield to the anointing it kind of catches you up and sweeps you up into the spirit of prayer there are different appointments that we have with the holy spirit but, but you are changed. When he told Saul, he said, you will be changed into another man. In other words, that's not you prophesying. That's you plus the Spirit of God. Amen. That's you plus whatever. Amen. And he says, and let these be signs that come to you that you do as the occasion serves you, for God is with you. And you shall go down before me to Gilgal, and so forth and so on. And so it says, when they came to the hill, behold, the company of prophets, is verse 10, met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. So your company has a lot to do with the spirit you carry. Amen? This company of prophets lived together. They lived in a community. You know, in Israel, people were were assigned where to live according to their jobs and their functions. So the Levites and the priests lived in a certain place. Prophets were a little different because they had they were all under the direct command of God, but oftentimes they lived among the priesthood. Amen? And, and they would go in and out and do their job and do their work. But then there was this company of prophets that were in training to be prophets, and they were schooled. And so when the school of the prophets was in session, they were being trained and they were being taught. And it, it, it's because ministry is a lifestyle. It's not something you put on and off because you step into a pulpit or don't step. It's a way of life because God has ordained us to be on call for him 24-7. You don't clock in and clock out in God's kingdom. In fact, you'd be wise to learn that even though it may seem restrictive to you, it's easy if you start learning what God's doing when he does what he does. And see, when when he tells you that he wants you to go a certain place and be a certain place at a certain time, You've got to understand that at any time that anointing can come upon you and you'll be changed into another person. Amen? Because the company anointing will eventually fall on you at times when you're not with the company. Now why did he have him prophesy? Why is it that when you get in a company of people who are in the spirit, it's easier for you to yield to the spirit? Because everybody carries a certain amount of faith, a certain amount of knowledge, understanding, and power. So the prophets that are good students blend in with the ones who are new, not so experienced, not so understanding, not so yielded, and so forth and so on. And so there's like cover for your newness and and for your lack of understanding when you're in a company like when you're in a company we can all prophesy you know by course and everybody sound all wonderful and but see because you're in the company you don't know if that was you or you don't know if that's cause you were standing next to sister so and so or you don't know if it was god and he just did it that one time and ain't going to never show up again see <laughs> Because then that lets you know it belongs to God. See, that anointing totally is God's property. I was explaining that to somebody. They kept getting into trouble because they would go and join a church. And they would say, well, do you want to join a prayer ministry? Give them things to do. And they do it, you know, just want to be a part of things. And this person told me, well, they told me they, that they sat me down because when I would touch people, they would fall under the power. And I said, that's because you're not called to be there. just trying to dispel ignorance you understand what i'm saying because see if you're going to run off somewhere and be a minister and you don't understand how the anointing works you do need to sit down somewhere until you learn and they were angry with the people and frustrated with them i said no that's their church now they can they can accept you or reject you It doesn't make them wrong because they tell you they don't want you doing those things. Maybe their people are unlearned too, and they don't want to have to explain things to people that they don't understand. So if they're right in their prerogative, if they find you doing things that they think are not going to help them, that they will restrict you. Well, I don't understand it because God told me. I said, no, baby, he didn't. He didn't tell you to do that. Oh, God, because uh, 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 uh. he's not telling you and the person in charge two different things. Huh? I said, and besides that, that anointing does not belong to you. I don't care how many people you laid hands on and they did this and they did that and they fall here. and they, That anointing is not yours. That is not your power. It's not your power to do with what you want to do with it. It's like if you work for somebody and they give you a company car and they tell you here's your here's your fleet car, the card to fill your car up with gas, you're only allowed to put X number of miles on it. You're only allowed to go where your job tells you to go. You can't go visit nobody. You can't take it here. You can't take it there. It's the same thing with the anointing. If Caesar can tell you what to do with the company car, then God can tell you what and what not to do with the anointing. Huh? So now this is what, what confounds people. But well, then then why did God show up and let them fall? Because they won't help. Aren't you there to help them or are you there to show people how powerful you are? something to think about i said be god did that to prove to you it's not your power he'll do with it what he wants to do with it when he wants to do with it and he don't have to use you ever again in life if he decides not to uh-huh. which seldom happens god's a forgiving god but if you stay ignorant You know, you'll start to, to, you know, what will happen is people start to fear stepping out and doing anything for God. So that's why he sometimes will just sit them down for it till they're willing to learn. See, till they're willing to ask some questions and understand. See, God would rather sit you down and teach you than leave you ignorant and let you go around popping people on the head just to see them fall. Because he loves you. He said, "You yoke with me, baby, huh? Even a crazy boyfriend to tell you now. I want you. We going to this party. I want you going, talking to nobody. You, you with me? Isn't that the truth? They drive you there. They taking you home. And whatever goes in on in between is between you and them to get it together on that." Now, if you in one of them them relationships, friends with benefits, or you just my ride, you might be able to go and flit around and talk to every time, Dick and Harry. But if the brother is paying the cost to be the boss, he's gonna tell you, you don't go with nobody. That's the way Jesus feels with us about him. You yoke with me. You go where I say go. And when I say go. You no know, free agent around here, especially you walking around in my power, and it be looking good on you too, huh? It's the truth. The anointing always makes people more attractive. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Cause it's the power of God. It's the embrace of God. It means you you're close to God. So Saul prophesied among the prophets. It did not say he was a prophet. He prophesied among the prophets. Amen. And that was a sign to let him know that God was with him. Amen. So prophecy sometimes is like an easy gift to flow in. Especially if you pray in tongues or you flow in tongues. It's easy to slip over into tongues and interpretation. And then begin to prophesy, depending upon the company you are in. If you're among prophets, it's easy for you to pick up that anointing and flow in it. Amen? If you're not among prophets, chances are you won't get it. And if you do, it won't be very accurate. Amen? The more you can, can be in that company where that gift is like native to them, the more you can flow in that you want to be a soul winner spend some time with an evangelist amen did did anybody get to go out with miss jan who went out when we went out witnessing anybody <laughs> she's something to see ain't she and she just gets out there and just goes to talk and she can talk to anybody amen and uh and when they're in that flow of their anointing and their gift there's nothing like it and see, it's good to spend time with people in that flow so that it spills off on you. Amen? And pretty soon you get all that fear you used to have when you go up to strangers and all that kind of stuff. You just plow through it now because you've been in that company and in that flow. Amen? And and when she's with us, she's with the prophets. So she's able to enhance what she has amen because of the anointing and so it, it works both ways folks it works both ways praise god the anointing always follows the word you won't get much done just being anointed if you're not a word person because your knowledge and understanding come through your knowledge of the word amen? genesis 1 2 and 3 where you see in creation god said let there be and there was. See, the anointing always follows the word and causes the word to manis- and causes the word to manifest. So you always want to speak the word under the anointing.. Man, you don't go off and start talking crazy and other things. you always respect. And, and you will find that God will put words into your mouth when you're in that place of power, and in that place of anointing. Amen? So um, uh, the anointing, we said, changes us into another person. The yoke of Jesus is the controlling force between us and him. So sometimes you'll feel like you want to do something different, but you'll get a check in your spirit about it. That's the yoke talking to you that controlling force, it, it um, pulls you back, so, so to speak. It constrains you. It restrains you. It keeps you from going too far. It keeps you from straying away, veering away, uh, getting too comfortable over into another realm. It, it will pull you back into where God wants you to be. Learn how to accept it as a friendly nudge of God. And not be so quick to want to override it. Amen. Don't be so quick to want to override what God wants you to do, even if if it's something you've done before and it's been okay. You understand what I'm saying? It's a, you know that scripture that that says uh, in times past God winked at us, you know, in our sin, but now He's expecting us. He's not winking no more you know what i'm saying it's like you wink because you 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 know it's a baby you know like some of these uh people you know everybody's got these they want their children's um videos to go viral on the internet on facebook and you'll find some little kid that they've been arguing in front of and talking back in front of and they'll video the kid talking back to the daddy and holding him a real tough conversation because they think it's cute amen <laughs> and so you know that kind of stuff it, it's like you know that that anointing that yoking up that kid has found that in the atmosphere somehow and they want to talk back and all that kind of stuff and see, at one time, we were like that. God would look at us and wink because we know no better. But at some point, that parent is going to have to take that kid and say, now listen, I'm your daddy. You quit talking back to me. Amen. That ain't cute no more. I know you went viral when we were stupid enough to put it on Facebook, but it's not cute anymore, okay? And, and so that's what God wants to do with us in teaching us about him and his power and his leading and his anointing and the work that he has for us to do in the ministry the reason he is testing us is so that he can impart to us greater things you don't get when you when you get tested in school you get a grade don't you well that's what he's doing he's grading us i thank god some of you that thought it was time to disconnect thought again and came back you understand what i 'm saying, because this ain't no time to disconnect from nothing but the world. say bye bye to the world, amen, have a good funeral and and give it a good home going hell going or wherever it is it 's going, but you say goodbye to the world because god i 'm telling you i 'm telling you is compelling his people to a discipline that will make them more powerful and more useful for him in kingdom work. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stop? Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for understanding. Thank you, Lord, that the anointing destroys the yoke because it can't be put back together again. Once we're yoked with you, you don't forsake us. That means you don't unhook yourself from us. You stay connected to us in a great and a powerful way. So, Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus for keeping everybody here healed. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nobody sick, nobody with symptoms. We thank you for that. All right, let's do our confession. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Father, that by the stripes of your son, Jesus, I am healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.